Everybody. Welcome to the True Crime Squad. I'm Christy Brower and I'm your host today. We are just getting ready for a uh, status conference for Chad Daybell. So that is coming up. It's supposed to start at two. It is a um, just a status conference. So we don't really know what's happening, but it will. It is supposed to be live on the judge's YouTube channel. So I've got it right here and we're just going to see what happens. I'm hoping um, we get to see something interesting today. That would be cool. Don't really know. This could just be scheduling stuff. A lot of times these hearings are conversations about the scheduling that's coming up or other things they need to argue, but there's been so like no action. Um, in his case, since Lori's sentencing, we haven't seen anything. So, oh, Sarah's got her, her bingo card ready. I will tell you, I'm just going to put them on. I forgot. I got my clutching pearls on. Here we go. Ready to clutch for John Pryor. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Sarah, for saying that because it reminded me that I had not put my clutching pearls on quite yet. So Katie is off doing the parent thing. So I am here with you. Welcome, Jenny, RJ, Amy, Sarah, Sydney. Uh, welcome to you if you are here live. Welcome if you're here after the fact, if you're in the chat, if you're not. Welcome, welcome. It's nice to have you all here. We're all kind of dying to know what this is going to be about. Um, hopefully it's something interesting. That's just always my question. It's like... Also, please don't vacate this hearing in the last second. Everything I've seen says it's not going to be vacated, but you know, you never know. So things that are coming up that we know, Chad's case is going to trial next year in April. There will be some kind of a pretrial conference leading up to that. That may also be scheduled. I can't remember. Um, so they may be discussing scheduling around those kinds of things, or they may also be talking about other hearings that need to be scheduled leading up to uh you know other stuff they're going to argue about evidence and stuff like that hey sharon hey heather welcome heather nova scotia canada nice to have you here so and jessica welcome so glad you could all be here with me today so fingers crossed this is interesting it's so weird to have Lori's trial over and to just be waiting now you know what i mean like there's just feels weird that we're done with Lori, at least for now, till the other trials happen in Arizona. And till, you know, anything happens with Chad. I'm still going to maintain that I really doubt it that he's going to go to trial. Unless he's just real dumb. Ah, Paula, are you taking bets on prior asking for more time? I mean, honestly, right, Paula? Uh, he asks for more time all the time apparently there's just never enough time for prior although we do know now that prior has a team on this case which he did not used to 
and he's kind of settled down about needing more time. So maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Christy. Welcome. Just, you know, refreshing the judge's YouTube channel as you do. Hoping something's going to turn up here. So I was checking the Idaho has this, it's the Idaho Judicial Branch website and they have on their homepage, they list cases of interest. So you can imagine Brian Koberger's on there, Major John Kaler's on there and Chad and Lori are both on there. So they keep all their filings right on that homepage, which is really nice, makes it easier to keep track of what's going on in that case and what's happening. Um, so I've been keeping an eye on it this morning and this afternoon just to make sure that like nothing else is happening that we didn't know about, but it, it's kind of cool because the courts obviously are aware now that we are as citizens, that we are watching what's happening. So there has been an amended order on stipulation to seal discovery that was filed a few days ago. Not something we've been looking at too, you know, cause boy, do they love to seal stuff in this case, huh? Lori and Chad. Hey, Lindsay, my two cents, Denise, welcome, welcome. Lori's appeal got denied. No, uh -uh. Lori's appeal hasn't even gone to court. No, Lori's appeal just barely started. Um, her original um, defense, well, not original, but her, you know, main defense attorney, uh, Jim Archibald, filed her appeal. Then he was removed from her case so that they could assign her an appellate attorney. And that case is now being handled by the appellate attorney. It's been filed again now by the appellate attorney. It's just this whole progression of stuff the order of things that they have to do. But Lori's appeal likely will not go to court for years. Um, it'll be slowed down by the fact that she's um, being extradited to Arizona. So we're waiting on that right now. It's likely that she'll be extradited and put on trial in Arizona before that um, appeal will ever see the light of day. So we're just waiting waiting on all of that. Hey, Rhonda, welcome, welcome. Nice to have you all here. Hoping we're going to see some action here. So, but there is a protective order that this was an amended order on stipulation to seal discovery. And this was filed on 928. So they want to allow the legal teams to discuss some discovery, but that it cannot be disseminated outside of that. It's a stipulation to seal some discovery. So of course, because it's um, sealed, we don't know what that discovery is because you know how this case is. So today is a status hearing. Yeah, a checkup. Exactly, Christy, a checkup between the judge, prosecution and defense to see like where are we at on scheduling? What's coming up? Who does anybody need anything? That kind of thing. Hey, Noe. Hey, Rebecca. Hey, Goldie. Welcome. Welcome. Nice to have you here. My nails, Rhonda, my nails did not make it. I made it 24 hours with those nails. They were so cute, but oh my gosh, you guys, I've never felt so handicapped in my whole life by something. So now 
I have, I don't know if you can see them, but I have just little black and white ones on now that are much shorter. I, I have this desire to wear longer nails. And then every time I put them on, uh, I hate them <laughs> and can't stand them. And within about a day, I'm popping them off. And that's exactly what happened. So I need to just quit trying. I bought um, the, the partially cured gel strips that you put on um, and then you cure them again, you know, and they kind of get hard and then it, they're really cute. I like them. And then you can cut them as short as you want, which is for me really short. Hey, Amanda, welcome. Yes, those claws are a pain. I couldn't do anything. It was useless. Okay, well, it's 2.05. Oh, here we go. To get questionnaires done and completed and reviewed as we conduct that portion of the trial for Vordyer. All right, this just evidence. started. I'm going to mute myself. We're scheduled to start evidence on April 1st, and the court would consider that we'd probably want at least the full week before, like we had in the first case, if not some additional days. So uh, I'd like to get some input on when the parties think we should potentially commence the uh, passing out of questionnaires to uh, potential jurors who will then submit those. And then we'll, of course, take those back for review before we start the actual voir dire. Um, looking at the calendar, I was considering either, either two weeks or a week and a half. We did it in a week before. And um, I think this questionnaire where it's a capital case may take longer to both review and to fill out. So we may need to have some smaller groups. So uh, I'm looking at maybe starting that process the week of the 18th of March, possibly on the 18th or the 20th. I, I don't know that we would have really enough time if we took just one week starting on the 25th. So that's kind of the first topic I wanna to discuss. And I just wanna get council's input on that. Uh, Ms. Blake, starting with the state, what do you think about the necessary time we'll need to go through questionnaires, get those submitted and review them before we can start our group for dire? Your Honor, I think the state is in agreement with what's been represented by the court. We would be inclined to recommend that we set a two-week time period for that, just essentially better safe than sorry if we get through them a little bit quicker. Um, otherwise, I think that it may delay the start of trial if we didn't have them selected. So I guess whether we wanna be a little flexible on the actual day that we start the trial or whether we wanna come in a little earlier before the, the set start date would be in the court's discretion, obviously, but I think if we do two weeks, that would be sufficient to make sure we had plenty of time. Okay, well, I appreciate your comments. And of course, part of that decision affects when we get things set up and are going to be there and need to coordinate that with Ada County. And I've confirmed that they are available in those timeframes to begin if that's when we choose to start. Mr. Pryor, on behalf of the defense, uh, what are your thoughts are on starting with the uh, distribution of questionnaires to a jury pool? Judge, I agree with the court's analysis in about two weeks is appropriate. Okay. I will confirm those dates and get back to council. We'll still have a starting 
proposed date for evidence of April 1st, but we'll look at questionnaire process uh, likely on the 18th of March. So um, we may submit a supplemental order that covers that. If not, I'll just make sure that council's advised of the dates we'll be doing that. So that's the first issue I wanted to discuss. Um, in terms of our length of trial, assuming we do start evidence on or about the 1st of April, we've got it set through the months of April and May as it currently sits. I just wanted to get an update from the state as to whether or not you think that is still a accurate time frame for your uh, trial, Ms. Blake. Your Honor, I think the eight weeks would be sufficient for the state's anticipation of the length of this trial. I think, again, given some of the differences with this one versus the companion case, including that it is still a death penalty case, I think having that longer period of time for the trial is appropriate and would give us enough coverage if we set it for the eight weeks, not including the jury selection. Okay. Um, Mr. Pryor, any thoughts on our current scheduled time frame and whether you think that's adequate? Judge, I agree. The eight weeks is, uh, at a minimum, is probably the appropriate amount of time. I think Ms. Blake and Mr. Wood are well aware that, at least in this case, the defense is going to put on a defense. And I have a number of expert witnesses, which is another subject we need to discuss. So at least eight weeks would be appropriate. Very well. We'll uh, keep the trial schedule as it sits for now, then. The next matter I wanted to raise involves the access of cameras in the courtroom in this trial. In this case, I'll note that on September 23rd of last year, uh, an order was entered uh, revoking authorization for live streaming uh, the case uh, that relate that was issued in this case and came about as a result of motions made in the companion case. There was a motion filed by the defense, Mr. Pryor filed on September 29th of last year, requesting that we do allow cameras in the courtroom. And the court issued a follow-up order on October 12th of last year and discussed that if these, at the time the cases were joined and they were later severed, of course, in this uh, order, the court mentions that if the court did order a severance of the cases, I would permit the issue to be revisited and would consider that these separate cases may have separate rationale for allowing or disallowing cameras in the courtroom during trial. So without arguing the motion today, because this potentially raises the right of media intervention into the issue, I would just like to schedule a hearing and the issue would be uh, the determination of cameras in the courtroom for trial. Um, at last posture, the state opposed it and the defense was in favor of it. Has that status changed on behalf of the state or do you wanna wait until the hearing to more fully discuss that, Ms. Blake? I think I can indicate at this juncture, the state will be maintaining the same position. We can, of course, address it more thoroughly at a hearing on this matter if we end up having one. Okay. 
Mr. Pryor, any thoughts on cameras in the courtroom on that issue and uh, scheduling hearing on that? Judge, I think it's important that the court set a hearing date on that without disclosing a lot of information. I have not returned or responded to the numerous requests from media to uh, pursue a motion like that. And it's quite frankly, not my job to represent any of the media people out there that are inundating my email and everything else with requests. But uh, I think at this point, uh, given the fact that this case is going to trial and I expect the media to probably now jump all over the court's inquiry, um, we probably better have a hearing and have the matter addressed. Mr. Daybell has not changed his position uh, since I filed this motion, still maintains his feeling about having a public trial, but uh, Judge, I think at the time of the hearing, we'll make the final determination. Okay, well, um, let's schedule a hearing then, and I'll wanna set enough time that if the parties wish to file, any motions in support of or against, uh, what we'll do is uh, it's it's a hearing to determine whether or not my September 23rd, 2022 order should be amended or altered or left in place. And I'll consider argument on that. So <clears throat> I would think Council, would it be reasonable to look at a December setting for that motion? Judge, I think that's probably a good idea. Um, quite frankly, based on the amount of uh, attention I seem to draw on this issue, I can't speak for what the state's getting requests for, but um, I expect, unfortunately, that a number of media outlets and other folks are going to jump all over this thing. and. Uh, I think it's going to take some time to properly address it. All right, I'm just reviewing my calendar. I'm I'm really pretty booked up in December, but I can move things around. Um, I have a little concern, sorry to sit here and get through my calendar. I've got a couple of trials that I think might be happening with Fremont County on the week of the 11th. Um, what about Thursday, December 7th? Judge, I have a matter on that day that I have to attend to, I apologize, but um, other than the week of the 4th through the 8th and, and the 20th, I'm available at any time. Judge, may I interject? Yes. Uh, whether the court decides to have cameras or not, it's not going to change the, the tempo of um, 
five preparer. I can't speak for the state. So if the issue was even addressed in January, quite frankly, it would just be the media would have to scramble and that doesn't necessarily hurt my feelings. So if the court wants to push it to January to make a decision, I wouldn't have a problem. I can't speak for this, whether that's acceptable to the state or not, but I'm comfortable going into January on this issue if we need to. All right, the alternative I'm looking at is maybe move that up a little bit to November 29th. I'm available on the 29th, Judge. I would uh, likely be holding this as an in-person hearing as well, Mr. Pryor, just so you know. Okay, thank you, Your Honor. Ms. Blake, would that date work for the state? That date will work fine for the state, Your Honor. Okay, let's set that then for Wednesday, November 29th. We'll set that at 9.30 a.m. in the Fremont County Courthouse. And that will be a hearing to determine media access to the trial as it relates to the court's September 23rd, 2022 order. If the parties wish to file any motions in support of or opposed to any modification of the order, I'd ask that you submit those um, by Wednesday, the 22nd, which would be the day before Thanksgiving. All right, we'll get an order out setting that. Um, anything else to address on that issue, Ms. Blake or Mr. Pryor? Nothing further from the state, Your Honor, thank you. Nothing from the defense, Your Honor, thank you. All right, counsel, that I think covers what I wanted to specifically address today. Uh, are there any other matters while we're here on the status conference that either party wishes to raise as we get towards the road of preparing for trial? Ms. Blake, is there anything the state wanted to address for the status conference today? Yes, Your Honor. Uh, one of the reasons that the state had wanted to have a status conference is with the last case, and especially when the cases were joined for trial, the court had set a monthly hearing date that we just had a day set aside so that we weren't scrambling to find dates to coordinate with counsel's calendars and the courts. So we would like to request that the court consider doing that. The state does have three motions that we intend to be filing here in the next week or so. Um, and I'm not sure when the first availability for a hearing date would be, but if we could maybe set a monthly date just to have that preserved. Um, so that was one issue. Um, Another one, and I think Mr. Pryor was going to address this as well, but we just wanted to make sure that we had the discovery deadlines, that we were all on the same page. I think there was some confusion or concern on the expert deadlines. We had modified those previously when it was a joint trial. Uh, we changed those up a little bit. So I think we just wanted to make sure we were on the same page with those disclosure deadlines. And with the court, um, setting the jury selection. I think we also just wanted to double check if jury instructions, if that's gonna affect any of those filing deadlines. Uh, since the official trial start, start date would be April 1st, but we would be starting some other stuff on the 18th of March. We just wanna make sure that doesn't impact the deadlines. And then we also 
I think the court was waiting on a stipulation from the parties regarding some DNA testing that had been requested by counsel. In fact, that was the main basis for the severance in this case. It's our understanding that the defense is not going to pursue additional testing. We wanted to make the court aware that the state is not going to pursue additional testing at this time. Um, that has been a little frustrating for the state because we do feel that that was, if not the sole basis, the main basis for the severance. And we're now incurring a second cost of trial time for uh, court staff and, of course, the, the offices involved in this, as well as extra testimony for the witnesses. So it is a little frustrating, but we did want to update the court that it's our understanding that testing is not going to be completed so that the court is not waiting to see that or a stipulation regarding that matter. Okay. Well, I was not aware of that, so I appreciate bringing that to my attention. In terms of the, thank you, thank you Ms. Blake, uh, I'll get to you in a second, Mr. Pryor. I agree it would be helpful to begin with uh, at least monthly set dates for motions in lieu of trying to dig through calendars today. I'll reach out uh, likely through my staff attorney or through an email to counsel to get availability for now. Uh, I will intend to hold uh, at least once a month pretrial hearing dates on a standing basis so that the parties have time to argue any motions. We'll start with this November 29th day and where we've got the media issue scheduled. If the state wants to tag on any other additional hearings on that day, let's, let's do that. Uh, if you think you need something before then, contact me and then We'll go ahead and look at a date for December, uh, January, and February, and make sure that council's all available on proposed dates, and we'll get we'll get monthly hearing dates set on the calendar going forward. In terms of the discovery deadlines, it sounds like Mr. Pryor wants to address that, and the court's scheduling order. Uh, what I will say is I will go back and take a second hard look at our scheduling order and determine if it looks like we need to modify that to accommodate the beginning of questionnaires, for example, and look at other deadlines and make sure that everyone will have adequate time for disclosure. So I'll take a, another look at the scheduling order and take that issue under advisement for now. Mr. Pryor, is there anything you'd like to address today at the status conference? Judge, just a firm date on the disclosure of expert witnesses. I, I... I will take a little bit of issue with what Ms. Blake said was the reason for the continuance. My recollection is getting discovery just on the eve of trial in terms of DNA evidence was the reason for that, but we're not going to argue about that today. Uh, I had to go through a significant amount of time with an expert to, to make a decision regarding the DNA evidence, so it wasn't as simple as just saying, well, I don't need any more information. So. I do need a firm date to provide for my experts and the additional experts that I now have uh, retained. Uh, and uh, I'd like a dead drop dead uh, deadline on um, the disclosure of all witnesses and a discovery deadline as well, so that I can make sure that I have everything to the state so that we don't run into the same kind of problem that we did with the state not getting all the discovery to us in, on time. So, um, 
at this point, uh, those are the three things that I would request, Judge. Thank you. All right. Well, with that in mind, um, for now, the scheduling order will remain in effect. If it appears we need some additional clarification or given these alterations potentially in the trial start, uh, we need to modify any of the current deadlines. The court will issue a uh, amended scheduling order. If I believe we're changing things significant enough that I should get your input on, then I will uh, allow hearing on that and argument before I just unilaterally impose new deadlines on you. So we'll go back through our scheduling order and see if it looks like it'll suffice for a trial of this magnitude. And in terms of the issue on the further DNA testing, I appreciate counsel advising the court of that. Uh, clearly with the representation made here today on the record, uh, the only substantive change that has in the case is uh, that would likely then not be considered any cause or good, good cause for any request for a trial continuance if suddenly somebody decides they do want to have it tested and there's not time before the trial. So uh, I'll take you at your word that it's not going to be tested and so it wouldn't create a basis for any delay in the case. And we will look through the scheduling dead deadlines to see if anything else needs to be modified. I'll also make sure we reach out to council to get our standing hearing dates scheduled starting uh, with December. And if you think you need a hearing before November 29th, then contact the court. And Judge, I looked at the court scheduling order and I, I'm just a little um, unclear as to the actual deadlines and what I represented in terms of uh, disclosure of witnesses and that sort. If the court could reach out to all parties just to make sure that we all know what our deadlines are, because I'm a bit confused on the scheduling order, but uh, that can be done in another capacity and a different type of hearing if necessary. Okay, fair enough. We'll look through the order and add any clarification that appears necessary. Thank you, Mark. All right, that'll conclude the issues I had today. Uh, Ms. Blake, is there anything further the state wished to bring to the court's attention this afternoon? Your Honor, just one additional thing, and I know the court's directed us to reach out to the clerk, and I'm happy to do that. I did just want to give everyone a heads up on a couple of the state's motions. We are going to be reaching out to see if we can get an earlier hearing date on those. And then that brought to mind, I think last time, I don't remember if it was a formal order of this court, but I think we'd set some deadlines on filings. So if one party filed a motion, I believe it had to be 14 days before they scheduled hearing, and that would give the other party time to file their seven days before. Um, and then it, so I just wanted to check if we are going to stick with something similar, just so we know as far as when we're trying to set a trial date that we stay, or not a trial date, excuse me, but a hearing date that we stay within those parameters. All right, uh, what we can do is incorporate some language that would cover response and reply deadlines in our notices of hearing. So uh, I think it's a good point, Ms. Blake, to make sure that we're not getting hit with uh, voluminous filings just on the eve of hearings so that everybody is prepared. I'll include language in future schedule of hearings to incorporate deadlines for filing of motions to be heard on those dates, as well as responses and replies. Uh, Mr. Pryor, anything else to bring up this afternoon? 
Judge, just that uh, I'm a bit concerned Ms. Blake's going to try to get a hearing date before the November 29th hearing. And I would know, Judge, that I'm a little stacked up. And given the holiday, the Thanksgiving coming up, uh, I'm not going to be difficult, but it's going to be difficult for me to find some time before the 29th of November to have such a hearing. Knowing that we discussed with Ms. Blake what those hearings are, um, I'm going to find that problematic. So just so the court's aware of that. All right, well, I'll leave it up to council to contact us and schedule things and uh, try to work together to have a agreed upon date. But if it can't, then I'll uh, set hearings for you. So I appreciate the concern there, Mr. Pryor. All right, uh, I believe that'll conclude this portion of the hearing today. As I mentioned before we started, there's also an ex parte issue that the court finds is properly brought by the defense. I will conclude this public part of the hearing and an ex parte motion will next be heard, which will be sealed in a closed hearing and the court will uh, allow Mr. Pryor and Mr. Daybell to remain in this hearing and ask that all other parties be excused. So uh, thanks for your attendance this afternoon. Let's go ahead and take about a five minute recess to clear everyone out of the courtroom, so to speak, virtually, and then we will continue with the uh, ex parte hearing, Mr. Pryor. All right, well, first of all, bummer, we don't get to be in that ex parte hearing. I would love to know what that's about, but Voluminous is alive and well, and although Pryor started out pretty docile, he got pretty pissy, so <laughs> he's always got to argue with Lindsay Blake, doesn't he? Oh, my goodness. Well, a few observations. Chad looks thinner and toadier, here it is, than ever. He looks terrible, um, which, you know, couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. So, some things we learned. Trial starts on or about April 1st. They're going to start Wadir in mid-April or, or mid-March, about the 18th of March. And, you know, it is because it is a death penalty case. That is, it's going to be even more intense as far as jury selection is concerned than Lori's case was. And it was pretty intense. So very interesting there. Uh, the Right? Did they check to see if he, I know, I actually finally saw Chad move a little. I was like, is he dead? Did they just prop him up? It looks terrible. Um, uh, the, the trial's going to run about eight weeks. Pryor did make a big point of saying that he will be presenting a defense and he does have several expert witnesses. So that should be great for all of us. Uh, then we, uh, will be addressed. Yes. April Fool's Day does seem very fitting. Katie, Katie's chiming in, in the chat, um, for our, uh, start of trial, but the, uh, the the media hearing is going to be interesting. And guys, it's on my birthday. November 29th is my birthday. So we will be there live. We will be attending live um, because that is an in-person hearing. That should be very interesting. I will be surprised if this goes any way other than what Lori's trial did. I'd be shocked if they, um, you know, allow cameras in the courtroom um, in his trial where they didn't in Lori's. I don't think that the judge is... Um, opinion on that is going to waver, but we'll see. Should be a good one. There's going to be a lot of the clutching of the pearls there. I wonder if I should just 
wear my pearl necklace as you know jewelry so that I have it on while I am <laughs> while we're in that hearing that might be funny um interesting to kind of see some so the sounds like the def prosecution has several things they are filing and they want a hearing before the November 29th hearing I Pryor's such a jackass, you know. <laughs> he, I don't know why. He just always has to be contrary, no matter what they say. It's always got to be something um, contrary to whatever Lindsey Blake says. He's such a misogynist because it's always Blake. If it's Blake talking, he's going to be a dick. And there for a while, I was like, man, he's like getting counseling and on meds because he was so calm and not red faced. But that didn't last very uh, long. Now, I did see um, my two cents said that you heard that if this trial is done, that the prosecution team plans to be at CrimeCon in, in uh, Vegas. And I got to say, I will find that very surprising if they actually do. They are extremely no nonsense. They do not like true crime. They do not like any of this. They do not like the media around this. They don't like people like us. Uh, I could entirely see prior and whoever he's got on his team being there, I will be shocked if Wood and Blake and Smith go to CrimeCon. But I could be wrong too. We shall see. Uh, yeah, were y'all chuckling about how um, how popular uh, <laughs> Pryor is making himself out to be with the media? They are beating down his door and they are filling his inbox with requests to address this with the judge cracked me up and then he made some disparaging remarks like that he didn't care if it caused the media to be scrambling if they waited for this to take longer at the same time saying that he's not opposing cameras in the courtroom so just a jerk to be a jerk I guess I you know I don't know um I've been wondering when they were going to bring up the DNA <laughs> I liked uh the little dig that uh Lindsay Blake had there at prior because yeah that literally is what got these trials severed was that dna and they're not going to process it no big surprise at all well, i never thought they were going to but yeah i i loved her um expression of frustration over it i also loved uh you know how prior had to dig back about their discovery issues but the discovery issues are not what got this trial severed it was the dna and, and Lori's um, maintaining her right to speedy trial and Chad waiving his. That's what got these trials severed. And then now they're not even going to use it. Not surprised. Uh, thrilled, thrilled beyond belief that Judge Boyce said voluminous. Guys, the virus is alive and well and still living in these trials. And I am here for it. That is like, I really think we need a t-shirt that says voluminous on it, don't we? We need a voluminous t-shirt. I kind of think we do. So that was a very interesting, a little bit, um, you know, telling. We've learned some things. I'm loving the idea that they're going to do those monthly check-in hearings, those monthly status conferences like they did with Lori. We learned so much and we attended a whole bunch of those in person before Lori's, Lori's trial. Um, and so that's cool. We're going to learn a lot of things that way. Uh, per the guy you saw in the airport. Ah, oh, that was a detective. Okay, I know who you're talking about. Hmm, interesting. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'll be surprised, but it's possible. Um, yeah, the judge does kind of skip over prior because he just says a lot of nonsense. 
just speaks to speak. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Marky means, yes, Katie, that's true. What if we put, <laughs> what if Mark means went to CrimeCon, you guys? We would probably have to go to CrimeCon. I mean, come on. Who's going to heckle him from the uh, the audience better than Katie and I, right? <laughs> he has no idea how much we have heckled him. Uh, quite frankly, voluminous. That, Rhonda, you are correct. That would be a great t-shirt. Quite frankly, Your Honor, voluminous. <laughs> oh, it feels good to be back in these hearings, you guys. At least there's something to laugh at in this horrible situation. Um, so it sounds like we've got quite a bit more coming, potentially more coming even before the November 29th hearing. If the prosecution gets their way, you know, obviously Pryor is so very busy and important. He does not have a single day to give, except he probably will if the judge says he has to. I loved what the judge said. Well, if you can't agree on it, I'll just schedule you a hearing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was absolutely for Pryor because he just loves to be a contrarian no matter what. So we are uh, wrapping, we're ramping it up. Yes, another crack at that apple, Paula. Another crack at that apple. We could make blue-eyed angel baby t-shirts to wear to crime con. <laughs> oh, you guys. Oh, that would be so funny. Will Chad be as loyal to Lori as she was to him? You know, I doubt it because I think that that's Pryor's whole defense is this was all Lori and Alex and Chad was just, you know, the, the benevolent yet uh, bumbling boyfriend in the situation. He had no idea. We all know that's bullshit. The kids were buried on his own property. His wife was killed in his bed. Come on, let's get real. But that's where they're going to go. I'm quite sure. And of course, they're going to try to attack whatever forensic evidence there is as well. But we've seen, you know, that there's really, there's really nothing. In the background of all of this, we also know that there have been some attempts at a deal made by the defense. What we have heard is there's been nothing that was in any way um, realistic, possible. So are they gonna go all the way to trial with this? Looking that way so far, but things can change very quickly. So we shall see. But uh, it was nice to see Pryor back to his old shenanigans there at the end. I was afraid I wasn't even going to have to clutch my pearls. But yeah, I'm pretty sure at the next hearing, whatever I wear, I'm going to wear these pearls as jewelry. Only just for our own entertainment and edification. So don't you worry. But that, that day on my birthday, for my birthday, I get to go to an in-person hearing in this case. <laughs> And of course we will, you know, do our thing with uh, live tweeting and all that stuff. So that's what we know. Can the state refuse a plea? Yes, absolutely. As a matter of fact, the state has to offer a plea. The, the defense can say, hey, we're interested in, uh, you know, we would entertain something like this, but the state doesn't even have to offer a plea. Um, I do think that a full guilty plea and taking the death penalty off the table would probably be accepted. I do. Because I don't think, ah, you're going to be wearing your Frada purse. I love it. You wear your Frada purse. I'm going to wear my pearls. That's an inside joke. Someday we'll tell you the joke. Um, 
So the state doesn't even have to, the, the, the defense can't actually offer a plea. They can just be like, hey, we'd be interested in having a talk. You know, they don't, the state is only who can offer a plea and they don't even have to offer one at all. And we don't know if they will in this situation, unless they feel like it's something like drop the death penalty, plead guilty to everything. It would, you know, save the state about five, seven million dollars. And from that, that would be great. It would also save um, the victims' families from having to go through it all again. I mean, there's a lot of benefits to a plea, but Pryor is his, uh, well, he's himself. He is definitely his, uh, his over um, confident self as usual. So <laughs> we shall see. That was interesting. I don't know about you, but it was kind of nice to be back in the saddle in a daybell hearing, and I'm looking forward to a few more. <laughs> Alicia. Alicia says, if I were the state, I'd offer a plea if he can show us how he portals to Lori's closet. Impressive stuff. Right? Well, apparently he's not portaling anywhere where they have any decent food because he looks like shit and he's skinnier than we've ever seen. Yeah, exactly. Plead guilty and say what you did to the victims. Right. Plead guilty and say it out loud in court. Yeah, he probably won't, though. But, you know, if he was really going to flip on Lori, he would have in her trial. The fact that he didn't testify against her is fairly telling. Now, what his defense does versus what he personally chooses to do can be a little bit different. But we'll see. We'll keep an eye on the calendar. Obviously, some other things are going to be showing up. I wish I knew what was in this ex parte hearing today. Uh, Katie says, I'd like to take a plea if he promises to not show us his storm. Agreed. Never, ever want to have to see that. Ever, ever, ever. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for joining us. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with a new episode. We'll also be back at 7 p.m. Mountain with... Uh, our case updates live stream. And don't worry, our uh, watch party for the Murdaw Lifetime event is coming up this weekend. We'll be scheduling that so you can see. You will have to watch it on your own, but we will have a live stream comment, um, live stream commenting going on. So we will discuss it with you as we watch together. And once we have all the details on that, that will be up here on our YouTube channel. So be sure to subscribe and click the bell that gives you notifications. That way you'll see when our live streams go live, but it'll be in the evening on Saturday and Sunday. And we're probably going to really laugh our asses off. So you're going to want to join us for that. So thank you all for being here, Katie. Thanks for jumping into the chat. It's nice to see you all. And you know it. We are the True Crime Squad. Have a good day. Thank <music> you.